Tim 17 and we have Dr. Delaney one of the leaders in precision medicine genomics and uh, with SAP and you, which has invented some incredible platforms and we had one of your associates from France here the other yesterday yeah yeah so uh, give us the give, quickly what do you think about hims is hims uh, are these technology companies on track well, you know, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, discussion and, and, you know, some really good direction and momentum we're getting. I mean, the focus on making data more interoperable, um, greater liquidity, and really being able to leverage it. I mean, to really uh, make progress on the journey to value-based care, we have to be able to really integrate the data from the clinical sphere, the financial, operational, and claims uh, at a service line level, right? And, and that's kind of the starting point where organizations can truly begin to understand care delivery and begin to actively manage it. And so I, I think we're making good progress. I think people uh, have their arms around what the problem is. Um, things like fire, uh, you know, standards, uh, they're beginning to emerge, and, and I think vendors too are beginning to support uh, interoperability to a greater degree. Right, so when we talk about any of these specific areas, social, environmental data, electronic health data, user-generated data, and then the fourth quadrant is uh, omic data. Yeah, yeah. That, the devil's in definitely the details there because the complexity of that data is unbelievable. Absolutely. And, and yeah. that's been a focus of what you're doing at SAP, correct? Yeah, and no, we're definitely playing in the, the omic space. I think it's really interesting. Uh, you, you know, it's one area where you never lose a bet in terms of the complexity. <laughs> uh, you know, it always seems to be more complex. Uh, you know, even the epigenetics, uh, you know, governing everything else uh, around right. it, right? So um, I think it's interesting also in terms of how you begin to pull the data from the omics sphere and begin to mash it up with clinical data. Because uh, there's really no uh, real standards today in terms of how to accomplish that. And it's really, uh, you know, a, a lot of um, uncertainty around what parts to bring in. I think everyone feels it's going to be big, um, but uh, not right, you know, right, right now in the next few months or a year, right? And so everyone, I think, has their eye on it. <laughs> Um, it has a lot of uncertainty around how it's going to actually uh, shake out. Well, if you're a cancer patient, <laughs> I mean, from an immediate need standpoint, I think the huge complexity of cancers, how cancers change, trying to create a longitudinal perspective, getting the data uh, to yeah. best treat yeah. patients. I, I think that there's a, from a cancer patient's perspective, the need is now. No, for sure. I mean, I think we're to the point now where you know every cancer patient should be sequenced, and, and uh, you know they should identify if there's a, a uh, you know mutation or, or some kind of uh, you know genetic marker that would indicate a, one treatment being superior to another. And it's just uh, because when it works, it can work fabulously well. And so I think we're to that point. And sadly, many patients aren't uh, being sequenced, and sometimes the, um, the sequence information, uh, the mutation information, isn't even being leveraged necessarily to, to drive the right therapy. So I think you know, as is always the case that you know in healthcare, unfortunately, I mean, it takes often a decade plus to get you know over 50% of the practitioners you know practicing what's known to be you know the evidence-based medicine. So this is an ongoing challenge for sure. So can you give us some examples of how SAP is uh, providing the ability for providers? to address the challenges, some specific yeah. examples of, I know you're doing amazing things in soccer, but yeah. what are we doing, what are you doing in health? And yeah, you, you might want to mention the soccer stuff too. Yeah, yeah, no. so, uh, you know, SAP being a German company takes great pride, uh, you know, in helping power a lot of decision making around the German uh, soccer team, which of course won the World Cup. Oh, uh, just the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. 
So and they used, you're, you're saying they used your technology to help them win the World Cup. That's what you. Well, we, we would like to think we played a, a small part in it. But yeah, I mean, we, we gave them, uh, you know, the ability to analyze uh, players' motions and, and cadence. Uh, and, and really, uh, you know, everything from, uh, you know, when people are taking a penalty shot, where they're likely to go. Uh, with it based on historic uh, data, and so it can be pulled up on the field, you know, to Amazing. tracking uh, motion uh, and, the, and the players, right? Because you know, players, obviously, you know, uh, soccer is a tremendously, uh, you know, uh, aggressive sport in terms of the the, um, the physicality of it, right? And people begin to tire, and so if you can begin to predict uh, when they're starting to go uh, toward the downside in terms of performance, uh, you know, can swap people in and really get more technical in terms of how you're doing it. So there's a you know a huge amount of strategy. Um, in that, so yeah, we're actually doing that. Uh, but in the so area, that's like nano coaching, right? I mean, down yeah. to the huge detail. That's that's amazing. Yeah. So you have that, you have this incredible expertise. But how is it? How are you making it work in healthcare? Yeah, so I think healthcare. The fundamental challenge is, you know, and I, I felt this as a clinician. I practiced for 14 years as a critical care physician. You know, oftentimes I had to make very, you know, challenging decisions of very limited data set. Uh, you know, we right. know there's data uh, out there in other silos within the institution, or maybe out in the cloud, the web somewhere, uh, that might make us help us make a better decision on the patient. But it just we couldn't bring it to bear to the point of decision for that patient. Uh, you know, and so beginning to do that with uh, Hana to really accelerate that process and. In the area of uh, oncology, like you talked about before, uh, you know, it's a, an area where um, you look at it only about 5% of patients are in, enrolled in clinical trials. And, and that might be okay if the other 95% were well represented. But um, the 95%, uh, you know, oftentimes are, are they're older, sicker, more ethnically diverse. Right. They have other medical problems, you know, any of which would have um, prevented uh, them from being in the clinical trial. They would have been an excluded from the trial. Yet that's kind of all you have to guide the therapy. That and the therapeutic choice. That and, and you know, the individual clinicians' memory of, you know, patients who seem kind of similar to you uh, seem to do well in this med and another patient who seems similar to you didn't do well in this. Right. So I'm going to choose this. But you're essentially using anecdotal evidence. And, and, you know, as I'm fond of saying, you know, the plural of anecdotes doesn't equal good data. Right? And so, you know, when you take a step back and, and think about it, you, you know, organizations since the advent of the EHR are tracking dutifully every patient going through, yet we're unable to bring that, that real-world evidence back into informed decision. We're not really leveraging the institutional memory of organizations. So, um, you know, what we're really able to do now is begin to take what was once data exhaust, it was just stored and archived and never reused, right. and turn it into real-world evidence that can drive the decision. So what we're doing in oncology, uh, you know, we're working with uh, ASCO and Institute Gustafrici, you spoke with Dr. Uh, Charles Ferte the other day around it. But, yes. um, so, is, is begin to bring this knowledge to bear. So for instance, we can go in uh, with an oncologist sitting next to a patient, uh, trying to make a decision about the best agent for them, going beyond just their, their gut and intuition in a clinical trial, again, which the patient might not have even qualified for for right. several reasons. Uh, dive into the medical record. Uh, the first step, of course, to your point earlier, is getting the molecular marker, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, in the real world, that exists typically in a pathology report or in a doctor's note, which are unstructured, right? So we have to dive in and do natural language processing, uh, parse through the data and do linguistic analysis because uh, the report might say, uh, you know, patient is, uh, uh, you know, uh, test BRCA positive today, however, has no family history, which is different from saying patient has history of BRCA positivity, however, test negative today. So we go in, we do NLP, linguistic analysis, map that into an ontology, and then take that tumor marker and then begin to dynamically create a microcord of matched patients. 
uh, leveraging both internal patients who've been seen before as well as patients in registries, uh, matching based on age, gender, ethnicity, uh, comorbidities, like if they have renal failure, um, very tightly matched with the patient at hand, including their tumor marker. With a key exception, they've all been treated, you know the outcome of, of the treatment, right? So you can generate what's called a Kaplan-Meier curve from that, which shows time uh, survival from time zero, where everyone's survived through five years, right. so your classic five-year survival. <laughs> and so you can compare the five-year survival and the survival curves for varying therapies with a, a population very, very similar to the patient at hand. So it really is moving wow. us toward uh, precision medicine, where you're able to very precisely based on real-world evidence, and, and again, this is a well-known fact, is that you know even a, a, uh, you know, a therapy that's successful in another organization, I mean, there's a lot of local factors to hospitals, whether it be expertise of the clinicians, the physical plant, the population they're treating, which causes variance in outcomes. So it's, you know, while you always want to go with a randomized controlled trial as a gold standard, um, the real-world outcomes within a given institution are incredibly important to understand it and to factor into the treatments. So that's uh, an incredible amount of detail, but this, your solution, yeah. which is called HANA, right? Yeah. Is ASCO's using it, so you've created and aggregated these comparative data sets to power precision medicine, right? So this is available now, and yes. you're networking yep. many cancer centers together, so can you expand on that relationship with ASCO and a number of these cancer centers? Yeah, so that yeah, absolutely. So this is all built on HANA. HANA is the in-memory computing platform that um, SAP built, and, and they'll give you a really quick genesis. And if I get too detailed, let me know, because uh, I'm very passionate about this. But, uh, you know, basically it, it's, it's, it was created because um, when we serve 25 different sectors, over 75% of the world's GDP flows through SAP systems. And so we, we really have uh, you know, partner with the largest of the companies globally, and in information-intensive sectors, um, you know, a little over a decade ago, we noticed that, or we felt it, uh, really running the the uh, software that powers them, that the old disk systems where there was just far too much complexity, too many silos of information, uh, both right. internal and external, and they were hitting a complexity wall. And this was happening about the same time as business was becoming more and more globalized and really shifting from you know, something where it was a little more slower in pace to something that you had to operate at real time to be successful. Right? Uh, you know, so organizations can no longer afford to look at what happened last quarter last year to guide, to guide decision making. They really needed to be more organic in nature where like an organism, they're able to respond to what's happening right now and adjust or even better begin right. to predict what's likely to happen. And so this was built, uh, you know, um, released in I think 2004, 2005. Um, and, um, and I, no, actually, I'm, I'm sorry, it was in 2010. Right. I thought you were wrong. In 2010, at least. But I think the bottom line is that, you know, we're, this is um, funded by SAP's multi-billion dollar R&D budget over a number of years. And, and so this is what we built the connected health platform on top of. And what that is, is takes what, what HANA is, an in-memory computing platform, and we layer on uh, you know, data ingestion tools that are specific for healthcare data sources, uh, agile data model, which is easily extensible, uh, medical ontologies, and uh, NLP engine, which is optimized uh, for healthcare, amongst other things. So it really is a healthcareized uh, instance of HANA called the Connected Health Platform. And so, and then a specialized version for oncology. Yes, yes. And so ASCO With is ASCO using that and many, many in the leading US. cancer centers. Yeah, yeah. And in Europe, worldwide. Uh, worldwide, yeah. Uh, Institute Gustafsson. You talked to Charles yes. yesterday. Uh, so they're a member of what's called Cancer Core Europe. Uh, and so that's a consortium there of uh, oncology centers in Europe, and they're beginning to uh, move to the platform as well. All powered by SAP. Yes. Exactly. Wow. That's going to make a big difference in people's lives. So you're seeing some outcomes now, and. Well, we're, and how do people yeah. find out, where do they go on the web to find out more about the detail that we started talking about and some of the outcomes you've achieved other than helping 
soccer team win the, win the World, World Cup. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you can go to the SAP website uh, in the healthcare section and we have a lot of information around Great. it there. You know, we're, we're early on still and so we're excited to see this transition to you know, broad use clinically. Uh, I think you know, any provider who sits down and is able to explore the data uh, and really move to what I call a more conversational approach to data, where you have a graphical user interface on massive data sets, and you can start out with an idea and drill down on it and explore the data. And based on what you're seeing, adjust your line of questioning. And unlike other technologies where they're using predefined dimensions or um, data cubes that are, that are constructed in certain ways, uh, you, you know, that, that help you as long as you go within the dimensions that, that they preformed, you're good. What we're able to do with this technology is really make it conversational. So, you know, you as a domain expert or an administrator can sit down with data and, and really explore it through and, and find an answer pretty rapidly. Well, thanks for stopping by at oh, HIM17. Thanks, Doug. And uh, we look forward to talking to you next year. Absolutely. And digging into some maybe some specific examples and outcomes with, with patients and uh, improved therapies. Yeah. Next year in Vegas. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.